0: This morning we continue our sermon series on the gift. There is a gift that God has given to man. Greater than all the gifts that you could buy at the mall or find under a Christmas tree. We've been talking about the gift of Jesus. How many of you have received that gift? If you feel like you're missing something in life, you need to get Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the one that fills the gaping hole of the soul of man. And we've been talking about the way that Jesus approached people uh, in this series. Regular people, ordinary people. But people who nevertheless needed the gift that he brought to them. And this morning I want to share with you from the life of a woman uh, in Matthew 15 verse 21. It says, Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the district of Tyre of Sidon. And a Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and implored him, saying, Send her away, because she keeps shouting at us. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the house, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs, which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus said to her, O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you have asked. And her daughter was healed at once. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you this morning as we prepare as a church to celebrate Christmas for the great gift of Jesus Christ. We thank you this morning for the presence of the Holy Spirit among us. And I ask now that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God. I ask you to anoint also the hearing of this congregation that in hearing the word they might receive it as good seed sown into the good soil of their hearts and that that might produce a good harvest for things to come. We ask this in Jesus' name and the church said amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. The Bible tells us about a region near the nation of Israel called Tyre and Sidon. And this was in fact a place that God had judged. Like all of the uh, stories I have been sharing with you in this series, uh, we have discovered that Jesus goes to places that you would not expect him to go. And how many of you are glad he does? Tyre and Sidon was a place that God had spoken judgment over and in the book of Ezekiel, uh, he said that they would be overthrown and that there would be a... A, a, uh, an overthrow of their government and their economy and their society, and just as God said it would happen, it happened. This was several hundred years before Christ. But the word of God was so powerful and so effective against this city that it is, uh, against these two cities, that it is worth being reminded of. To the, to the city of Tyre, God said to them these dreadful words You were, you were great. You were perfect, you were strong, you were beautiful. And he, he remarks in those simple words, you were, the fact that they had lost their glory, they had lost their splendor, they had lost their greatness. And there are probably uh, some of the most tragic words that God can ever speak over a man or over a church or over a city or a nation is the words, you were. Maybe you have uttered those words over your own life. You said, I was on my way. I was doing well. I was happy. I was successful. But things happened and that that changed the trajectory of your life. And just as it did in Tyre, God said, you were, but your pride brought you down. You were great, but your pride has made you small. And then to Sidon, he made another indictment and he said, I am against you. What a sad and tragic statement for God to make about any place. For God to say, I am against you. Because you see, friend, if God is against you, there's no hope. If God is against you, there's no there's no way to recover. If if you are if you are uh, in, in a place of controversy with God, then there is no way for you to, to succeed or to walk in the blessing of God. And a lot of times, people try to get God bless things that He's against. But God won't bless things that He's against. He spoke even to the church in the book of Revelation, and He said to that church, He said, I have one thing against you, and that is that you have lost your first love. You've lost your passion for me, your heart for me. And so the message that God speaks to these two cities is a hard one. It is a a reality of of the sinfulness of man. That really, friend, like Tyre and Sidon, all of us are in the same place. All of us were something because of sin that we are not today. And all of us have have the indictment that God is against our sin. But you see... The, the good news this morning is that the Bible tells us that God is not against us, but rather that He is for us. And it says that if He be for us, then who can be against us? You see, if God is against you, there is no hope. But if God is for you, then you have great hope. And the fact that Jesus came to Tyre and Sidon tells me a great, a, a great thing. It tells me that God had a plan for Tyre and Sidon, that God was for this region. That although they had been under judgment, that there was still a hope, there was still a plan that God had for them. And I just want to thank God again this morning for the fact that He comes to places that are condemned. He comes to places that are ruined. He comes to places that are cursed. He comes to places that are forgotten. Come on somebody, I'm talking about us. He came to us. He came to our wreckage and our ruin and our brokenness to show His mercy, to show His grace, to show His compassion. He comes to Tyre and Sidon. In fact, the Bible said that Jesus told the the nation of Israel, He said, if the miracles that I have done in Israel had been done in Tyre and Sidon, Tyre and Sidon would have repented. They would have rejoiced at the opportunity to hear the good news of the Gospel. And isn't it ironic how Jesus uh, is pointing out that many times the people who have received the most return the least. Sometimes the people who have heard the gospel the most honor God the least. It's getting real quiet in here this morning. Sometimes those of us who have received the the biggest miracles have the, the quietest praise. But Jesus said, look, he said, Israel, if Tyre and Sidon, those condemned cities, had received the good news that you have received, they had received the miracles that you have received, they would be worshiping God and honoring him and praising him. And then we have in this story a, a, a picture of precisely that fact. Jesus comes to Tyre and Sidon and there is a woman there who is in need. There is a woman in this place that is in desperate need. She's in a crisis. She was in trouble. Have you ever been in trouble? I mean real trouble. I don't mean like you served a bowl of cereal and you didn't have any milk. That's trouble. But I mean real trouble. I mean the kind of trouble that that roadside assistants can't help. The kind of trouble that doctors can't help. The kind of trouble that that, that it, it, you, you don't even know how to describe it. Your soul is in anxiety and worry and fear. This woman was in trouble. She was in the crisis of her life. In fact, the Bible explains to, her, to us what her trouble was. It wasn't that she had lost her job or her house or had been foreclosed upon. The fact was this woman was in trouble because her daughter was grievously possessed by the demon. Her daughter was demon possessed. And and you know that there is no trouble like house trouble. You're quiet. I said, There's no trouble like house trouble. If you have a good job and you have a good house and you have a good car, but there is family trouble, nothing else matters. You see, she was in real trouble. Her family was going through a significant crisis. And I believe this morning that from time to time, everybody in this room has been through a moment like that where someone you love, maybe a son or a daughter or a, a, uh, a, a wife or a husband, somebody that is dear to you has been in the, in the fight of your life. And, and the fact is that when someone else is going through a fight like that, you're going through it with them. This woman was going through this trouble with her daughter. It was her daughter's problem. It was her daughter's demon. It was her daughter's situation, but it was her problem too. It was her need. That's why, young people, there's no need in telling your parents not to worry about you because they're going to be concerned about you no matter what. Uh, there, is a, there is a built-in a nature in the heart of this mother to get the help that she needs for her daughter. And she comes to Jesus And she asks him for help in her trouble. I don't think this woman had any knowledge about the word of God. She probably didn't know about the law of Moses. She had no insight into the word of God written by the prophets. But something within her told her that this man named Jesus had the answer for what she needed. Can I tell you this morning that there is a God who is there when you need Him. She she had a hope, she had a faith that said there is a God who has come to my region and I'm going to see if He will help me. She comes to Jesus with this simple and articulate prayer. Help! Sometimes we have time to pray long prayers with big words and sometimes there's no time but Enough to say, help! Sometimes there are no there are no words. There are, no, uh, there are not enough things that we can say to say, God, I've got to have your help. Maybe this morning you're like this woman. You're in trouble and you're saying, God, I need help. God, I need you to rescue me. Can I tell you what the Bible says? The Bible says that God is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. I said, God is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. That means whatever trouble you get into, God is available. God is there. God is near. In fact, the Hebrew in this text could actually be read that God is a very present help in tight places. Have you ever been in a tight spot? I mean, the, the spot was so tight. If you got any tighter, you'd be, you'd be squeezed. She's in a tight place. Can I tell you this morning that God is present in tight places. When you're in the tight place and then you are, you're backed up against the wall, and there seems to be that the world is caving in on you, that God shows up in that tight spot to make room for your deliverance. The Bible talks about the nation of Israel. They were on the edge of the Red Sea and they had no way out. Pharaoh was behind them, the mountains before them, the sea in front of them. And there they called upon God and he came and he helped them in their tight places. He came to deliver them. Peter was in jail. The king was planning to kill him the next morning. It was a little tight in that spot where he found himself. But then the angel of the Lord appeared and opened the prison gates and gave him freedom and deliverance. Can I tell you that God shows up in tight places? He is the God who comes to help. You were lost. And he helped you find your way. You were bound. And he helped you to freedom. You were sick. And he helped you to health. You were about to lose your mind. And he helped you to keep your mind. You were overwhelmed by trials. And he helped you. Come on somebody. He is the ever present help in the time of trouble. That's why the psalmist said, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. I said, my help comes from the Lord. I waited for the Democrats, but they didn't help. I waited on the Republicans, but they didn't help. I waited on the government, but they didn't help. I waited on my professors, but they didn't help. But then I looked up and I found that my help comes from the Lord. I said, my help comes from the Lord. Your help comes from God. You see, friend, that's what Christmas is. Christmas is God's answer to man's need. Christmas is God's solution to man's problem. He sent Jesus to help, to deliver, to destroy the power and the chains of darkness. And God hears that cry of that woman and he hears your cry this morning and says, Lord, help me. Help me, deliver me change me. Do this thing in me that I cannot do for myself. Now we see this woman acting on faith and there are three things that faith does. First of all faith asks. Faith is active. Faith cannot just sit and be quiet. Faith must ask. The Bible says ask and it shall be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. Faith says it's the 21st century, but God still answers prayer. Faith knows how to ask God. And faith is active when it is asking God for help. Faith is active when it is making its petition known to God. The Bible says this, always make your petition known to God. And the God of peace, the God of peace will cause that peace which surpasses knowledge to guard your heart and your mind by Christ Jesus our Lord. It is there for the asking. When you and I come to God in prayer, we come to God in faith. We ask Him for those things which we know that He can do. But you know, the Bible says that we have not because we ask not. You realize that you will not receive from God what you don't ask for. Everything we receive from God, we receive through petition. We receive through request. Jesus taught us to pray like this. He said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. It is a prayer of petition and asking before God. You know, every once in a while I go to McDonald's, I don't know if you guys go there often, I don't. It's not one of my favorite places, but uh, when I go to McDonald's, I have never once asked for a ribeye steak. I don't know if you guys know that they don't sell steak at McDonald's. They have a lot of things there, but they don't have steak. Why don't I ask for ribeye when I go to McDonald's? Because it's not on the menu. They can't give me something That they don't serve. They can't give me something that they don't have. So I don't ask for it. Because they don't have it. And you see. That means that I I don't have any faith in McDonald's for ribeye. I have faith for chicken nuggets. I have faith for hamburgers. I have faith for fries. But not for a steak. If you want a steak. You've got to go to somebody that can cook steak. You've got to go to somebody that has steak. Can I tell you friend. That many times we go to God. And we treat him like McDonald's, but in fact, he's more than that. In fact, he's got the thing that you need, and all he's wanting is for you to ask. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you will find. Come on, somebody. Knock, and the door will be open unto you. She asks. She says, help me. Have mercy on me. She asks because she believes that he can do something about her situation. Then we see that faith does another thing, and that is faith worships. How is it that we worship a God we can't see? Faith worships. Faith knows I can't see him, but he can see me. And and faith worships God even when things don't make sense. Faith worships God when things aren't going in your direction, when things aren't going the way you plan them. Can I just tell you this morning that whatever it is you want to accomplish in 2018 is going to require faith, but you got to have the kind of faith that worships when it cannot see. Some people worship God when they see. It's easy to worship God when everything is going your way. It's easy to worship God when you've got a a, a big bonus. It's easy to worship God when you have your health. It's easy to worship God when your children are all at peace. But then days come when there's trouble. Days come when there's a little bit of a tight spot. Days come when the money's thin. Days come when the health is gone. Days come when when the doctor's news is bad. And that's where you realize if I have faith or not. Because it's in that moment where faith comes up and says, I will bless the Lord at all times. and his praise shall continually be in my mouth it's that kind of faith that is exhibited by those who say God can heal me but even if he doesn't I will praise him I will worship him I will honor him I will give him his due come on somebody is there anybody that has that kind of faith in the house of God this morning I dare you to worship God Uh, you, sometimes you wonder say, what's in that what's got into that guy there they're worshiping they're raising their hands they're singing louder than everybody else what is wrong with them and you think uh, they're just trying to put on a show they're just trying to they're just trying to impress somebody no let me tell you that that it's not about that sometimes the only way to get through is to worship sometimes the only way to get through is to praise God you see you think they're putting on a show you think they're worshiping because they've got it all together no they're worshiping because everything's falling apart but they know that God is present that God is available that God is near come on somebody bless the Lord in his house this morning if God's done anything for you you ought to praise him you ought to worship him you ought to fill your mouth with blessing and honor for the name of the Lord faith worships Faith says, God's got it. I will bless him. I will thank him. I will praise him. This woman activated her faith. Now, this this story illustrates three tests of faith. And the first one, I think, is the most challenging. Jesus is sitting there. He's teaching. He's doing his Jesus thing. He's coming to Tyre of Sidon, and this woman is being disruptive. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy upon me. Help me. And the first thing the Bible says is that Jesus answered not a word. Now we see that faith is tested by silence. How many of you have ever experienced the silence of God? Oh, there's not anything quite as difficult as a quiet God. You see, I can get through almost anything if I can hear his voice saying, Isaac, I'm with you. Isaac, I'm for you. Isaac, I'm going to bless you. Isaac, I'm going to bring you through. But when I can't hear him, when he's quiet, when I'm saying, God, I need you to speak, I need you to say something. I need, you to, I need you to show up in my life. And He's quiet. And, and there, there's no answer. My soul begins to quake. I've been in those moments in my life where I have experienced the silence of God. On one occasion, I was on the continent of Africa and I was going through a difficult moment, a difficult uh, test in my ministry. And the Lord was quiet. I felt like God had packed His bags, come back to Texas and left me alone. It's at that moment where you start quitting, where you start to say, you know what, if you're going to be quiet, I'm going to be quiet. It's that moment where your flesh starts to try to rebel against God, but this woman experienced the silence of God, and yet she prayed. She experienced the silence of God, and yet she opened her mouth and said, God, though you slay me, I will trust you. She she said, God, I know you have the answer that I need, and she kept persisting. She kept persisting. Can I tell you, somebody, keep praying, keep asking, keep waiting, keep holding. God is going to do the thing that you need. You know that before Jesus was born, God did not speak to man for 400 years. That's a long time for God to be quiet. But when that baby cried in that manger, the voice of God was heard again on the earth. The voice of God was heard again by men. Can I tell you today that God sometimes is quiet. His, his silence is not meant to discourage you, but to let you know that He's working. You see, sometimes you want to hear Him, but He said, just wait, I'm working. I'm working things out. I'm working things on your behalf. You can't see it, but I've got it. You can't see it, but it's under control. I am at work. I'm doing the thing that you can't see. God told Noah, build an ark and didn't speak again for a hundred years. Would you obey God on one instruction for a hundred years? I have a hard time believing I could do that. Sometimes I need to hear him ten times before I get out of bed in the morning. But She persisted. Then came the second test of her faith. God said no. You know, when God says no, I'd rather he keep quiet. Just think about it some more, Lord. Don't be too hasty to answer. Jesus said to her, woman, should I give the children's bread to the dogs? I can't give you this thing. It doesn't belong to you. This is a a Jewish blessing, not a Gentile blessing. This blessing belongs to Tyre, that belongs to Israel, not to Tyre of Sidon. Uh, I can't give you what doesn't belong to you. Many times, the, the no of God is not intended to be a rejection, but a redirection of our life. When God says no, He's redirecting your faith. He's redirecting your heart. Many times God has to say no because the thing we're asking for is not the thing that God wants for your life. Many times God says no because he knows if I give you that thing, you're going to miss out on the thing I have for you. And many times the no of God is God redirecting our heart toward him. God told Elijah, no. Elijah said, Lord, I want to die. Just take me on to heaven. I'm ready to quit the ministry. God said, no, there's still work for you to do. I still have a task for you to accomplish. God said to David, no, I'm not going to let you build my temple, but I will give you something greater than the temple. I will give you an everlasting name. And he gave him the promise of the Messiah named Jesus. Paul said, Lord, will you take this thorn of flesh out of my side? Three times he implored with God and God said, no, Paul, I'm not going to take that problem out of your life. But I will give you the grace to withstand it so that you can know that my grace is sufficient for you. And I want to glorify myself through your weakness. When God said no, he was redirecting their heart. He was redirecting their faith. This woman heard no, but I think she must have been thinking. He's telling me that this blessing is not for the Gentiles, that it's for the Jews. But he came to a Jewish region, a Gentile region. He came to a Gentile village. He came to a Gentile town. Now, why would Jesus come to the Gentiles if he didn't plan something for the Gentiles? What she didn't understand was Jesus was telling her, there is a blessing for the Gentiles. But it's not your turn yet. It's not your opportunity. Your day is going to come. It's the gospel for the Jew first. And then also the Greek's. But this woman was persistent in her faith. She was persistent even when it was the wrong season. Persistent even when it was not her turn. Think about this. Sometimes the things we're asking for are not in season. I went to a restaurant once. It was at night and I wanted breakfast. They didn't serve breakfast at night. I said to the waitress, I said, do you think they might be able to fry some eggs for me? And she said, no, sir, it's not. We, we stopped serving breakfast at 10:30 or 11. And I said, well, could you ask the cook anyway? And she said, all right, I'll ask the cook, but he's probably going to say no. So uh, she went in the, into the kitchen, and she said, um, this guy wants some fried eggs. Will you make them? And he looked out the window, and he said, Yeah, it's the pastor. I'll make them for him. And that night, that night I got fried eggs out of time, out of season. What am I telling you? I'm telling you some days we come to the window of heaven and we say Lord I need this thing in my life and he says it's not season. But then you say but Lord I'm your son but Lord I'm your daughter. I have a promise over my life. He says oh that's right the favor of God is resting on you and he gives you that thing that's not even in season but he brings it into your life. Come on somebody this is what the Bible says in, in, in the In the book of Daniel it says that it is God who changes the times. It it is God who changes the seasons. I wonder if there's anyone in here this this morning that has the kind of faith to say, God, I need you to t- to bless me out of turn. I need you to bless me out of season. What I need, I need now. Come on, somebody. What I need, I need today. I can't wait till spring. I can't wait till next summer. i got to have a breakthrough today. I've got to have a deliverance today. She was at the back of the line. It wasn't her turn. And Jesus heard her cry. He heard her faith. You see, here we see the great comparison between Tyre and Sidon and Israel. Israel had heard the gospel but had not responded in faith. Tyre and Sidon had not heard the gospel. But they had faith. I wonder this morning, if you're going to go through Christmas and miss the gift, because it's so common, because it's so usual, because it's something that you already know about, you've heard about. Can I tell you this morning that there is a gift waiting for you? But you have to activate your faith in order to be able to receive the thing that you are that you are needing from God. God can change the times and the seasons of your life in order to bring things into your life that aren't due yet. To do the thing that man can't do on your behalf to deliver you and to bring you into the place ahead of schedule and ahead of season. God wants to do things in our life that are incredible, that are beyond reason, beyond logic, beyond our ability to grasp or understand. But here's the thing, faith has to receive it. An angel came to Mary and said, Mary, you're going to have a child. She said, how can that be? I've never known a man. I'm a virgin. I'm, I'm uh, engaged to this guy named Joseph. It's not, it's not the time for that. It's not the season for that. It's out of place. But the angel said, Mary, nothing is impossible with God. I said nothing is impossible with God. Is there anybody in here that needs a miracle this morning? No, no, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about your wish list to Santa. I mean, you need a miracle this morning. I mean, your your marriage needs a miracle. I mean, your health needs a miracle. Your son, your daughter needs a miracle. I'm talking about trouble that only God can help. Listen to the words of the angel. Nothing is impossible with God nothing 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 is impossible with god listen you are what you eat you are what you believe this woman was asking for something in spite of silence in spite of no and in spite of the wrong turn. And Jesus said to her, woman, I can't give you the bread that belongs to the children. Can I give the children's bread to the dogs? She said, yes, Lord. I understand all that. I understand that the Jews are first and the Gentiles later. I understand that the loaf of bread belongs to the Jews. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. What was she saying? She was saying, Lord, there's enough power in one crumb. There's enough power in one word. There's enough power in one moment in your presence to redirect my life and change it and transform it and renew it. She had the kind of faith that knew that nothing was too difficult for God. I believe this morning there's somebody in here that says, God, I don't need the whole loaf of bread. I just need you to do this thing in my life. You can work in my behalf. You can bring this miracle into my life. Jesus said to her, Oh woman, you have such great faith. And then he said, Go home. Go home. Your daughter is well. Your daughter is well. Can I tell you this morning it's gonna be all right? It is well with your soul. Listen, it is well with your soul this morning. If you've asked God for help, you shall have the help that you need in the hour that you need it. Exercise your faith. This morning, God is not limited by your circumstances. He's not limited by your abilities. He's not limited by your strength. He's not limited by your recognition in the world. What He's looking for is someone who will believe Him. You are what you believe. This woman believed God. And she saw God move on her behalf. This morning, I want to encourage you to receive the gift of God by faith. To say, God, I've got to have your help this morning. I've heard that preacher say that you are of very present help in the time of trouble. Well, this is the time of trouble. I need your help in my life. And watch him work, watch him deliver, watch him honor your faith this morning. Would you stand with me, please? I want to invite you into this altar. Every single person in this room who has a need before God, great or small, whatever that need may be physical, emotional, financial, spiritual, whatever that need is, I want you to come into this altar. And just tell him, Lord, I believe. I believe. Tell him, Lord, you've got the answer. I want to receive the gift. I want to receive the person of Jesus Christ by faith and all that he purchased for me at the cross. Come on, just ask. Ask him this morning. Make known your request before God. Make known your need before God. You say, Lord, my daughter is sick. My son is addicted to drugs. My husband and I aren't, aren't well right now. God, our family is in need of your intervention. Maybe you say, God, the doctors don't know what's wrong with me. I can't, I can't seem to find help. Maybe you say, God, I need you to help me in this cause, in this case. I need you to rise up and defend me. He is the very present help in the day of trouble. He is the very present help in the day of trial. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, arise. God, arise. And let your enemies be scattered.